there's all these kids around, right? And they're all, they're like 13 year olds with tattoos and stuff like that. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like sitting there. I'm like, do a burnout or something. I yeah. thought it was funny. <laughs> He's like, shut up, dad. God. Hey, this is Alex Sturgeon with the Hobbytown Hobbyplex, doing the Hobbyplex show that comes weekly to you now. Here with... Will Brinton. And we have a special guest. First time we've had a, a guest on our live stream at the same time. Mike Garrison, RC extraordinaire. Hey, hey, that's me. Say hi, Mike. Hey, um, everybody. This is going to be interesting doing a three-way chat <laughs> with us not being in the same room together. So this will be fun. Uh, we'll see how this goes. I just can't stop staring at Will's banner back there. Yeah, Will's so got a pretty rad banner. <laughs> I got some cool stuff, man. I, uh, well, I, I, I always have to say this. I do have an associated banner and it's, it's up there. It's above my pit table. So that's a new one a, too. I have an associated banner. That's one of the newer huh? fabricy ones. Yeah, that's a new one. And I have a, I have a Reedy banner there. Yeah, I have some cool stuff. Mike, uh, Last, I think last week I tried to get you on and you said you were painting. Is that how you was spending a lot of your, uh, your COVID time working on homes? Yeah, and stuff? pretty much. Um, yeah, actually. So I'm in the garage right now and sitting next to me is a entire pallet of pickets because we have now taken on the project of putting up a fence. We painted the house, we're putting up a fence. We have a puppy. These are all like coronavirus effects. <laughs> None of this would have happened if we didn't have a coronavirus. <laughs> Dude, I feel yeah. so bad for your other dog. When I, I know. Re- right? When I read that, I was crushed because I'm like, wait a minute. They didn't get that dog not that long ago. I feel bad. It was totally bizarre. We came home and found him. And we were like, we had no idea what happened. Man, not a that, clue. That sucks. Well, I'm sorry. I If I lost any one of my cats, I have two cats, but if I lost any one of them, because Finney's like five going on six now and Roxy's just a baby, but I would be devastated. See, I've always wanted a cat, and Brittany won't let me have a cat. She hates cats. I love cats. Oh, really? I have two. Yes, yeah, so I, I have don't two get a cat. cats. And he's got dogs yeah. too. You're yeah, both? I have two cats and two dogs. Yeah, I have two wiener dogs and two cats. One of my cats is uh, how old is she? She's like, we'll just say seventeen. We'll just say seventeen. What? I, I think it's eighteen, but we'll just say seventeen. Yeah, one one foot in the grave, the other out of an anaphile. Yeah, she's pretty yeah, elderly. 17. I remember seeing her a couple of yeah. years ago when I went down there, and she was still pretty. She was a little el- elderly little cat. Dude, she was like wow. tearing it up, up and like running up and down the stairs the other morning. Then she jumped on the bed and like jumped on my face and jumped down and ran downstairs. Like she's gonna outlive me, I think. Um, before we get going too far, she, we got to remember that uh, uh-huh. this is brought to you by Pivot Lending Group at pivotlending.com, and you can get a hold of Don Zoller. And if you mention the Hobbyplex show, then you can get a $500 lending credit going towards your closing cost or 0.125 off of your rate. That's a big deal. We've had some takers finally. Um, so it means that uh, people are watching. So that's good. So thanks to Pivot Lending. That's how we're getting here weekly. And uh, that's how Will and I can, can chat about stuff. And uh, that's how we can bring on cool guests uh, like Mike Garrison, our first guest ever. You said cool guests. When cool are you going to bring on a cool guest? You're cool. You're totally cool. <laughs> Um, he's all right. He's all right. Yeah. Yeah. 
I wanted to bring Mike on for a while because he does so much stuff with RC. He's been he's been a live RC contributor. Uh, he's worked at live RC. He does the come race with us narration. Of course, he announces races. He has his own races that he 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 promotes for Fastlane. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And you worked at Fastlane. I did. Okay. I did work at Fastlane. All right. And uh, what else have you done? Because you've been, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. Obviously, you run your sticker company, Boom RC. At one time, I was the team manager for Viper. Oh, that's right. Uh, before, big, yeah. I remember that. And then, I probably shouldn't even admit to this, but I will. There was a very <laughs> short time that I was the team manager for JQ as well. Very short time. I remember that. <laughs> it was like 30 seconds. <laughs> yes. yes. It was really quick. <laughs> you've been uh you've been a team driver off and on, right? For uh uh yes. techno. Yep. Techno now and then TLR before that. Oh yeah, that's right. And AE before that. Oh, I didn't know you drove for Associated. Yeah, that was like back in two thousand seven or eight. Mm. Nine, ten, something like that. And then TLR yeah. for a long time and now techno. Just real quick, why don't you, we need some background for those, for those very few people out there that don't know anything about you or new listeners that listen to the show. It's crazy. We've got listeners from like Brazil and Europe and stuff. It's crazy. Give us some background because okay. I've known you for, I've known you for a really long time, but to be honest with you, dude, I hope this doesn't sound bad, but I don't remember you before the accident. I don't remember myself before then either. Okay. It doesn't matter. I mean, does that sound bad? But I really don't. I, nope. I, I was going down to, to real RC a lot, but I, I don't think I even really ever talked to you until, until after you got hurt. I don't think I came up to, I came up to Hobbyplex several times when it was outdoors, but I don't think I ever came up there walking. I've always been rolling at the Hobbyplex. Yeah. Yeah. So basically... I was saving kittens from a burning building and I got paralyzed. <laughs> not, not even close to the truth. Uh, no, I, I grew up racing motocross. Then in 2006, I got paralyzed racing motocross. In kindergarten or first grade, I raced RC cars because my dad raced RC cars. And I went to school with Taylor James. So then Taylor's dad was friends with my dad and Taylor got into RC cars. Then I got into motocross. Taylor stuck with it, became a superstar. And yeah. then in like 2004 or five, junior year of high school, he showed me, I think it was an RC driver magazine that had a little article about him in it. And it got me all pumped up. So I sold a dirt bike, bought an RC car. I think it was an MP 7.5 Kanai 3 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I started racing RC cars then. Then I got hurt in 2006 racing bikes. So then in 2007, it was like full force. I'm doing RC. And so I bought me, I don't know why, but I bought a Sin car and I bought all of the red aluminum parts you could possibly buy. I mean, everything from the radio box to basically everything but the wheels and tires were aluminum. And I thought nice. it was the coolest thing in the world. I remember yeah. Sin cars. Back Do you remember aluminum T-Max wheels? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some guy would come, come into the store and buy them and they like would fall off because you couldn't glue anything to them. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Go ahead. That was yeah, mostly at Real RC, right? I mean, you raced at Real RC because that's where yes. I remember you from. Yes. So I started racing at Real RC and then, of course, Blue View. Right. Um, with Steve Hale and all of them. And then 
I ran some of the RC Pro Series when Carlton had it. Before I got hurt, we went down to, what was the track in Oklahoma? Is that Action RC? Action. Okay, went down to Action RC a couple times. And then I think that was kind of it before. And then afterwards, then we just started kind of doing like we do with motocross. We just went every weekend to somewhere new. Let's see. I know that you've been making stickers for Hobbytown, the Plex, since 2000, at least 2008. Because I have a 2008 pit Yeah. Map. So the stickers came about because Ron Messick painted all my, my car bodies and he quit painting and he was moving away for, he was an electrician and he was moving away. And I thought, well, I'm going to paint my own car bodies. It's going to be awesome. I got an airbrush. I got everything all set up. And then I discovered that I'm horrible at painting. So I was like, well, I kind of knew a little bit about upgrade at the time. And that was when wraps were really in. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I kind of need, well, first of all, when I got hurt, I'd gone three days to college and I hated every minute of it. So when I got hurt, I used that as an excuse to like not have to go back, but I knew that I needed a job of some sort. So that's where I came up with the idea of, Hey, I'm going to do this graphic design thing. And I weaseled my parents into thinking it was going to be a good deal. And it turned out to be, but when it started out, I had no idea what I was doing whatsoever. So I started making wraps and that's how the whole sticker thing got started. Yeah, that was 2007. First, it was 247 Design Works because mm-hmm. 247 was my racing number. Yep. And then I don't even know why or how it transitioned to Boom RC other than I know the name Boom came because my dad, we were at a race and I broke every round. And my dad said, you should change your sticker company to Boom because every time you drive an RC car, everything just goes Boom. Nice. And <laughs> that's where that's where it became Boom RC. So I have a serious question for you. Because you didn't see a lot of sticker type awards back then. And I was adamant about getting away from trophies once I found out how much those stupid yes. things cost. I mean, they cost a crazy amount of money and they cut so much into, into what a track can make that I, first off, I was like, when we started doing the summer series, for instance, I used to make my own stuff. I used to design my plaques. And then I used to print them out and then I used to paste them on paper. And then I used to cover them with this, uh, Mod Podge that you can buy at like Hobby Lobby. No and, way. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple out. Th- I hope they survived to be honest with you, but I tried doing that because I wanted them to look a certain way. And then what I started doing was I would print them off and then I'd go to Kinko's and get them laminated. And then I'd basically just yeah. tack them onto a plaque. And I know those look good because I still have one at my house and it looks great still. That's pretty brilliant. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But it was, it was a way to not spend a buttload of money on trophies. And then you and I talked about stuff and I kind of had an idea of what I wanted. And then you and I, I remember at least in 2008, that's, I think that's where it started from going back. And we used to make those big pit mats. So they used to be these huge stickers that would go on those, um, Lexan, really thick Lexan that you can buy at like Home Depot. And I started doing, I started doing those for the winners. So and they were huge. They were huge. Yeah, they were huge. Yeah. But how many <laughs> how many tracks and stuff were doing that back then? Not very many. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Will is they showing off Will is showing off his Boom RC uh pit mat right now on YouTube for I all I can't you. use it anymore cuz I'm not sponsored by everybody on here anymore, but yeah. man this thing looks sweet. <laughs> yeah, it does look really cool. Uh that was made a long time ago too. Yeah. I've had this for a hot minute. No, but back then, really, there weren't that many tracks. I kind of where the idea that I remember 
that I first kind of had seen something similar was, do you remember Carlton with the RC Pro Series mm-hmm. used to do those silver plates? Silver plates. stickers in the middle yeah, of them. Yeah, the plates yep. cost like a dollar at the dollar store. And that's kind of where I first saw like all that taking place. Yeah. I personally think they look better. I, I know we get some crap sometimes because we do so many sticker awards and we put them on these nice heavy blocks of wood that you can hang up. I've got a whole bunch of them. Will's got some of them too. But I personally think they look better. They take really good pictures and they keep their their uh, color and stuff. They don't fade. Nothing like that. It's great. And, and now the big rage is all the custom cut stuff. Yes. Which is really catching on too. Yes. Which kind of, it's a little bit more like the old school trophies. It obviously has a higher cost. So yeah. tracks, guys will be like, you know, I'll just square trophies, square trophies. But when you got to look at the race and you got to look, the track deserves to make money. Like it is a business. Mm. So tracks deserve to make money and promoters deserve to make money too. So it depends on the race, what kind of award to give out and that kind of thing. You can't give thousand dollar worth of awards for a race. It's only going to make 340 bucks. Yeah. So for our normal spring race that we'd have, like the Hobbyplex um, spring champs, my budget's usually twelve to thirteen hundred dollars for awards for that. That's a realistic number. And so a lot of you know, I've I've mixed it up. One year we actually did do trophies again and I uh, couldn't get them very big because they, you know, they, they want so much money for those things. But if you do stickers or if you do like MX trophies is where I was getting our stuff from for the cut stuff, you can kind of get some neat looking awards for that and still be in that yep. kind of nice budget. Yep. And we give top 10 for every class and then we do lower mains as down to where RC signup says there is anything beyond yep. that. And if you didn't sign up early and you, you, you end up winning the I main, that's kind of your fault. I would be in the I main, but I wouldn't win it. <laughs> but uh, you do a lot of awards now. Yeah. When racing's actually going on, I would say awards is majority of, of like what we do. And it surprises me all the different places that, because it's not just RC races anymore. I mean, we'll do it for, you know, motocross races or even Mm -hmm. like there was baseball tournaments that we've been doing. Um, just oddball stuff coming out of nowhere. We did a beer pong tournament as a matter of fact too. (laughs) Um, so I mean, we've done, but yeah, awards is a big deal. Does anybody do raps anymore? I don't know. I thought about bringing, I thought about, I'm going to wrap my eight scale body. The problem is there's so many different bodies now. Yeah. So you got to make a pattern for all yeah. of them. And then they're all such funky shapes that like, it used to be, they were so plain yeah. and so flat, like on the side that you could make it look good. But now I don't know if you can make it look good. Will, did you ever do a wrap for any of your stuff? When I was uh, first starting racing, I had a wrap put on my 18 scale car. It was like stars and stuff. And like the sides all came off. So I just put your stickers on the side of it. But I had one of my friends do it that did go-kart wraps uh, and stuff from then. And uh, it didn't hold up very well. And like it got all scuffed up real easy. It like wasn't designed for RC. But it lasted probably a couple of years. But yeah, it was like all red, white, and blue. And cool. Cool. But You have a lot of treasures. A, yeah. This is my RC18R Serga uh 2008 do they even make that thing anymore no they don't no there's still a personal transponder in here what (laughs) whoa i still had had a personal in it (laughs) no in fact uh this week i had to tell some poor guy that we can't get parts for his uh rc18 mt he had an mt and he broke it Mm. yeah what's the new the rival 
Yeah, the rival rival is yeah. the associated like RTR brand stuff. So like the guy that owns the hobby town here in Lincoln, he was like all upset that they discontinued the RC eighteen mm-hmm. series. And it's like, dude, that thing was around for like at least a solid fifteen years. Yeah, we on used that to race them in oh six oh seven. And I think it came out. I think the RC eighteen T came out in like two thousand three. It's like, dude, you're like nearly twenty years, and you expect them to support a mold for the sad old and paid for probably twenty times. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but anyway, we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember you announcing it at Real Art, Real RC, right? Steve would, yes. Steve would have yep. you up there in the booth. Let's see. What race was I? It was an RC Pro Series race down there in that uh, that horse barn in Texas where that he brought you in yep. to be announcer. <laughs> I remember that. So it definitely that all 06? started at Real RC. No, that was earlier. Because of Josh Hale. It was later than that. Josh Hale? Oh, uh, yeah, Steve's, it, it Steve's all, kid, right? Yep. Okay, so it started at Real RC with Josh Hale. I was in the score tower with him, and we were watching the Pro Nitro Buggy A Main uh, at the Mugen Challenge. And Josh turns to me and says, dude, I've been holding it in all day. I've got to go. <laughs> you had to pee. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I got to go, man. I got to go to the bathroom. I'm out. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he hands me the mic and just disappears. Ne- didn't come back for the rest of the race. So I'm up there. I've never called a race in my life. It was auto score at the time. Ugh. So I, the th- screen's jumping all over the place. Everything's going every which way. Guys are yelling at me. I have no idea what I'm doing. I did a horrible job. But I had a lot of fun, and I was like, I want to try that again. And that's kind of where it all started. So it's all Josh's fault. Uh, which Mugen <laughs> Challenge was that? Because I went to one of them, did horribly. Boy, what year would that have been? This might help narrow it down. Who was the guy that was from Kansas City that was super duper good at Nitro 8 scale? Like, did he win the Worlds? Or, like, be in the A main at the Worlds? Von, Von something? Mosh. Von Mosh. There you go. Doug Von uh, Mosh. Probably. Yeah, I remember that because he he was uh, actually he showed a fast lane. Really? Yeah, and maybe nice. making a comeback. That'd be cool. So yeah, so Mugen Challenge. So that would have been that would have been a while ago. So how did you get into the uh, come race with us stuff? What's that guy's name? Because I can't remember his name. So Corey Drockenberg. Corey Drockenberg. There you go. I think Corey released like his first video, and I think we kind of informally met through Live RC because I stumbled across it. I was like, hey, this is really cool. And he was like, hey, if you want to share it on Live RC. So I shared on Live RC. We kind of talked, whatever. And then I actually had him fly here from Canada to help me make a side-by-side video. So he came here and did that. We became friends after that. And then I went to the Southern Nats. He did a broadcast for the Southern Nats probably four or five years ago, I guess. And we were kind of like a... I guess you'd say like a package deal or something. Uh, but yeah, we've just kind of ever been friends friends ever since. And yeah, so it's been really cool. I really like it. Does he? It's really, it's fun because he provides like a script. Oh. But the script, like there's so much in between each line that it doesn't make sense when you're reading it. So it's cool to read all the script and he'll tell you, you know, like tone of voice, that kind of thing. But then when he puts it all together, you go back and watch it. You're like, oh, now it all makes sense. His, uh, his videos are stuff that I, I watch when I'm working on my cars in my room downstairs. Yes. And I'll go back and rewatch a couple of them. The Zyming, yep, same. the Zyming, uh, worlds is one that I like to go back and watch. Yeah, that was a good one. 
let's uh let's get into what's going on now. So I I, I was it last week when it got announced that BoomRC is sold. Yep. Is that right? Yep. So there's a chemical manufacturing company called CK Enterprises based here in Missouri. And they have obviously their own, they do private labeling, all sorts of crazy stuff. And the owner of CK Enterprises, I had done some graphic design stuff for him in the past. And he approached me and was interested in buying Boom RC, continuing to run Boom RC and grow it, um, and basically hire me full time to continue all the Boom stuff as well as be a part of their marketing and their graphic design department. So that's what we did. And so now we've basically transitioned everything over there. And it was a little bit slower move than I was hoping. Yeah, but they have they have some major machines out there uh, to do things like the in-house capability of doing the custom cut trophies. They can do mm. all of that there. Like they do their signs that way. They do humongous banners, like the backdrop banners. It's endless. And then like the t-shirts, so the custom apparel that we did, like most of the companies, was all the heat press stuff. Well, they mm-hmm. have the option out there. We can do the heat press or we can do like direct print on the shirts. Can you guys can do, do what? pit towels? I don't see why not. Okay. I would, I'll find out. I will certainly find out. Because we lost uh, our, our, our pit towel source. Okay. Well, I'll get back to you on that. All right. So pick back up <laughs> with um, what you can do now, because that's, I think that's really important because I think a lot of... A lot of people that I've been talking to up here were asking me about what that means for Boom RC, and I'm like, I don't sure. know. I'll try to find out. That's that's the tough part about any time like a business like you sell or anything like that. Is a lot of times it does mean you know bad things or they're closing or whatever like that. But in this case, what they've done is they've hired me to be a part of their marketing department and their graphic design. Uh, as well as continue boom, but they want to grow boom RC and the motocross side of it for the motocross graphics and obviously the custom awards. So they have the capability in house to do, you know, the custom cut awards, uh, the giant banners, the big backdrop banners, um, the big long, you know, banners that you see like down a back straightaway or something like that. Yeah. Um, on the, on the apparel side, we were doing all like heat press stuff, which a lot of the companies do, which we can still do. But now we can do the direct to garment, which means basically it's printed right on the shirt, which is it's not going to give you that cardboard feel. We've got a, a lot of ideas kind of in the works, not to mention we can now do private labeling. They're printing, you know, 200,000 labels at a time for various companies in not not in the RC industry at this point in time. But uh, we're bringing that option into the RC world. So fuel companies, um, hmm. basically anything that's got a label. Right. Um, you know, I want to, we're trying to make boom RC the kind of a source for that as well, but yeah, pit boards, that kind of thing. They have the pit capability to now cut pit boards. They can uh-huh. do reverse printing. So we can be on the backside of a clear pit board. So it's showing through, I mean, you know, just all sorts of, it's kind of endless and, uh, they're wanting to run with it, you know, which is cool. So, I mean, that sounds fantastic because I know I've used you for designing our backdrops and then we had it printed, we had them uh, printed elsewhere. So those, yep. those, those three, we got the techno series, the associated series, and then just like a basic hobby town one, those were designed by you. And then we had them printed somewhere else. So you can do those now. That um, is correct. And we could do any yep. size banner. So that's really good. So yep. like the next time I hold Nats, you know, we'll have a nice banner across like the driver's stand again for good pictures. Yep. So my question about that is then, is it just you doing that or are there people that work there now under you? 
No. So, okay. So basically the company as a whole has 300 something employees. Oh, okay. But in the graphics and marketing department, there is, so I believe there's right. 10 in the department. And basically because nobody is super familiar at this point with the RC side of things, honestly, with Boom RC, as far as like the design stuff and who you interact with and all that kind of stuff, nothing has changed because it's still all the emails come straight to me. I do all the designing, that kind of thing. Where yeah. the big help comes in is they know how to run all the machines. They know how to get everything put together, that kind of thing. So now my major focus doesn't have to be on fixing a printhead or mm. cleaning this machine or restocking this material. That's already taken care of. So my main focus now is just communicating with the customers, designing what everybody needs, and then sending it off to the next person to have it, you know, printed, shipped out and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's really good news. Yeah. I, it's one of those things. It was a really hard decision at first, but I've always been the kind of person, if an opportunity comes to me, I have a really hard time turning it down. Like if I have to go and search of something, then I feel like I'm working at it. But if it comes to you, you're like, man, I really hate to turn that down. That just kind of popped up out of nowhere. And this was kind of one of those deals. So I debated it for a really long time. But I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy that I did it. I've never worked in a uh, like an office environment, really, other than with family, because I've always been in a family business. So it's fun in a way to experience that. And that's something I've never done before. Well, that explains that. <laughs> so I'm glad yep. I'm glad we had you on there for that, because that, you know, it, a lot of people didn't know what that was. Like, you know, they've never heard of that brand before, you know? Sure. You know, that's kind of the other thing that was a little scary with the whole thing was it's like, if you did, if you looked up CK Enterprises, it's a chemical company. So mm -hmm. it's like a chemical company is buying an RC decal company. How is this going to work? Yeah. And obviously your first reaction is going to be like, this is a disaster, Yeah, but it's really not. <laughs> so, so, uh, obviously that's why you stepped away from live RC as, as like a correspondent, but you still do the moment with Mike stuff, right? Yeah. So I was working basically full time for Live RC as you know, doing the daily news, the uh, everyday columns, and as they're doing their graphic design stuff, not only for Live RC but for live time scoring as well. And so I I stepped away as a a official full time employee. But once I kind of figure out my time schedule and that kind of thing, my plan and goal is to still be involved as much as possible. So do some product reviews, do some moment with mics, just random interviews, things like that. Uh, and then, you know, like I say, if time allows, still, still try to announce with them at, at some of the major races and stuff right. too. So I should send my ruckus down to you to have you <laughs> wrap it. There you go. <laughs> That'd be sweet. When was the last time you've driven an RC car? You honestly want to know? Yeah. 22 minutes before you called me, I was doing nice. donuts with my e-buggy in my oh, garage. Well, there you go. <laughs> You're beating Will. I don't think Will's driven a car in like two months. <laughs> no, I'm looking at my car here. It's uh, it's begging to be driven. I got it sitting right here. It's all ready to go. Hopefully this weekend. Yeah, that's the plan, anyways. Let's see what have we gotten. We got Mike. We got Mike Garrison on. We got a guest, and we've gone over mm -hmm. kind of his backstory. Uh, we talked about Boom RC. We talked about what's going on now. The May race got moved. Is that correct? Yes. So the riot race that we put on, uh, my wife and I put that on and at Fastlane Raceway and it got moved from May to September 12th and 13th. 
that's an eight scale outdoor race. We've tried this race has been a really odd race because the first year we thought, hey, we're going to do it like Fourth of July weekend or it was somewhere close. Yeah. And that kind of worked, but everybody went to the lake. So then we moved it. Hmm. I think the year after we were going to make it the season opener and then it rained for like a month straight. So it got moved to June. So then the next week we did it in or the next year we did it in June and it was like 400 degrees. And so now we're going to give September a try. September is yeah. usually an okay time of year. Our, well, that's good because our, our summer series round five is now September 19th and our finals are October 3rd. The 19th was our finals, but we can't, we're not going to race May. That would have been this upcoming Saturday. So, uh, we're going to start our summer series in June and then, uh, but that doesn't conflict because Emerson wants to go to a big nitro race. It's been, a fun one. I've been telling like him like we will. The, it's very, um, when you say laid back, that gives the wrong impression, but yeah. it's very, it's, it's a fun race. Like we tried to just keep it fun. Uh, yeah, it's serious racing, but at the same time, nobody gets been out of shape. There's not big blowouts, knock on wood. There hasn't been that kind of thing. So yeah, it's, well, good. it is the Kansas city guys. So <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. It's the most laid back intense race you've ever been to. Yeah, exactly. that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And then you have a, you have the January race. We get, we got to talk about that. Cause you, what do you do? You promote a couple different electric races in the wintertime. And then I know that the, that may race, which is now the September race. So is it, it's the January jam. That's one of the big ones, right? Yes. So that one is our biggest race. Um, every January, it, <laughs> we kind of indirectly fight with trying to find the right date between CRCRC and yeah. the Reedy race so that everybody yeah. can kind of make it if they want to. But it seems like every year somebody's on top of somebody. So it never really works out quite right. Honestly, it's probably, uh, yeah. it's probably better to be on top of the Reedy race because you're going to have people that didn't get into the Reedy race that still want to go race that well, weekend somewhere. That's what I figured out. And then what we did was like, I think it was last year. We actually just had the Reedy race playing on TV and people yeah, love that because then they exactly. can watch the Reedy race while they're racing. And yep. Yeah. And then a lot of people think that I'm a part of like the March mayhem and the J concepts race at Fastlane that they host, but I'm actually not. I've announced them several times, but I actually have no part in promoting. Right. Hmm. Being a promoter, give us your experience on that. Cause that changes people who are in this <laughs> hobby and industry. When you, when you turn to that side of it and you got to deal with all the crap, cause I have this theory and I, th my theory, <laughs> my theory is that most tracks close, not because they're not making any money, but because they're tired of everybody's crap. I would 90,000 times agree with that. Fortunately, most of the races we've done, everybody's been, you know, you always have one or two guys here or there, but you can kind of slough those off. I went to, this wasn't a race I was promoting, but it was a race I was announcing. and. This was probably three years ago and literally every race, there was some sort of fiasco. And at that point, I'm like, I'm done with RC cars. I'm done with announcing. I'm done with promoting. <laughs> I'm done with all of this. I am, I am done. Like I'm throwing it all in the trash can. And then I calmed down and obviously I came back, but it definitely takes its toll because what people don't realize is, and I, I'm as bad as anybody too. You know, if I come off driver's stand, I'll, if the race director did something wrong or didn't call Trevor, didn't call me done or whatever. But it's not necessarily one guy blowing up that 
that does it for you. It's when you have 25 guys that just have like little jabs at you. Yeah. And then there's finally like that one finale that just gets you. And uh, I think, yeah, I think if, if you've done it any sort of length of time, you've definitely had that happen. I think I barked at you once actually at one of those RC pro series finals because my race, the race started and I was still lying upside down somewhere out on the track and the marshals were taking their sweet time. It was on, cause that, that horse arena in Texas was huge. I mean, it was a giant, giant area and you know, you only had that 10. Is very possible. Yeah. You only had like 10 marshals. And I, I think I remember coming in going, dude, <laughs> come on, man. It's <laughs> very possible. It, I, I think the scariest I've had a lot of people, you know, say something or whatever, but the scariest time I've ever had, we were at, I believe it was dirt burners, St. Louis dirt burners. And the scoring window has like a little plexiglass slider window. Yeah. And this driver, the, the tone sounded for the main and his clutch or something exploded. Well, he wanted me to restart the race and I wasn't, I couldn't restart the race for him. Yeah. Like that's not how that worked. So he comes and punches through the plexiglass window and is yelling, I'm going to kill you. I am going to kill you. And I'm like, <laughs> so the only thing Dude. I can do is there's a glow igniter that somebody found earlier that day and it's laying on the table. So I pick up the glow igniter like I'm going to attack him with a glow igniter. And I'm like, uh, security, score tower, security, please. security, I'm in the score tower. And <laughs> Taylor James and I think Colton Kiefer and somebody else came up and took this guy and calmed him down or whatever. But it would, that was the wildest thing I've ever had to happen. It does that. The dirt burners race I've been to, I tried to go to once and I got, I think it got rained out that time I, I tried to go. But if I remember right, it's usually like 110 degrees the entire week down there. Yes. I think, I think that adds yes. to people's like, oh. like, you know, Yes. Frustration sometimes is it's just it's hot. Everybody's just, one blown up cl clutch from being <laughs> from being a, a Hulk, an RC Hulk of some sort. Yeah. Okay, this is a pretty good moment to hear from our sponsor, PivotLenny.com, David Olson and Don Zoller. We'll be right back. And now a word from our sponsors. Yeah. This is a Pivot Lending update with David Olson and Don Zoller. Get some. Recently, with uh, COVID-19, the CARES Act uh, was passed. And as of uh, March 18th, you can apply for a payment forbearance up to 180 days. And then after that 180 days, you can actually apply for another forbearance for an additional 180 days. So a consumer that has a loan with Fannie Freddie or Jenny can apply for a forbearance. And, and basically they can go an entire year without making a mortgage. So under the, the hardship of that, you can apply through your servicer and then um, they will work with you to set that up. Underneath that CARES Act, you won't incur late fees. You won't incur delinquencies over that 180 or 360 days on your credit report. And you cannot be foreclosed on during that period. So if you're a consumer and you have your mortgage and, and you're on the verge of losing your house because of you're losing your job and income streams that are coming in, then this forbearance is a great opportunity for you not to go through a foreclosure and to keep your home. Uh, there are unintended consequences though for the CARES Act. And though it helps you continue to stay in your house, there's a point where you have to, you have to settle up with this. So 
I wanted to kind of visit with everybody about that because um, I don't think that gets enough coverage. And to the normal uh, mortgage holder, they're like, hey, 180 days, who doesn't want to skip six months payments, right? It's like a payment holiday. So one of the biggest challenges for the CARES Act is once you go into forbearance, you instantly do not qualify uh, for future delivery to Fannie or Freddie. So you have to reconcile that forbearance and bring it current. The CARES Act allows for a mortgage holder to go into forbearance. After you go into forbearance, you may not qualify for any other addition or any additional conventional loans until that forbearance is brought current. And you definitely won't qualify if you're still not pay, paying back the forbearance. So if I am in forbearance right now and I take the next six months off, at the end of that period, I have to reconcile that forbearance with the servicer. And then I have to continue to make that new payment based on what that the forbearance agreement uh, states. The additional risk to going into forbearance is that as a lender, you cannot you cannot deliver a loan to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac that has a current forbearance going on it. So you as the borrower, again, if you're looking to take out an additional loan in the future, you have to sit down with your service provider and figure out how you're going to bring that uh, new loan or that loan current. So it doesn't go away. It multiplies your problem down the road. And that's why they, they allow you to extend that another 180 days if your financial condition hasn't changed. David Olson, NMLS 16099. Don Zoller, NMLS 277589. Pivot Lindy, NMLS 109995. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. Coronavirus update. Let's talk about racing in general. Like, like what's going on? I saw a few more tracks today give explanations on how they're going to reopen racing. I think Fastlane was one of them down there. I know, I think I saw um, Kurt, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his last name's track in Ohio. And then us, of course, you know, we came up with 30 people and we have online registration only right now for the, for the month of May. And we came up with that number of 30 people because we are going to set up our pits in a way that nobody's next to one another. Everybody gets an eight foot table. There won't be anybody across from you. There won't be anybody beside you. So it's basically just going to be these diagonal lines of pits. And if you, if you take the number of pit spaces we have and do that, you end up with 30 tables. So we can allow 30 people or 30 households, because if you're living with somebody, obviously there's no real risk of infecting anybody with anything. And so that's how we came up with our number of 30. I have been seeing that 30 number as of today thrown around quite a bit. Do you know what Fastlane is doing? I think I saw their post somewhere, but it's it's kind of similar, right? He's he's he gets to open up pretty soon, doesn't he? Okay, so the last post that I saw, I got really excited and I told Brittany, I said, "Hey, we're going to get to go race again." But then she reread it to me, and the hobby shop is opening. But as of right now, I think the tracks are still closed, unless oh. he made a post like today. Oh, that I missed on. That county down there has been very very strict. Haven't they? I, I think yes. that's one of the more extremely, <sighs> which don't quote me on this, but yeah. it's weird because I think the surrounding counties are much higher as far as like reported cases and that kind of thing. Right. And they are much more 
chill on the whole thing. But the that county doesn't have a super high amount of cases that I know of, but they are hardcore. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Do you have one? I, I have a question for both of you. Yeah, go for it. Which do you like better? Hobbyplex carpet or Hobbyplex dirt? <laughs> you go first, Alex. Uh, I like the dirt. I'm a dirt guy. Really? I like, yeah, I like, okay. car- I like carpet off-road. Don't, I love it. it. It's, it's really fun, but I guess, let me put it this way. If you have to pick up the track every single week, like we do, don't let anybody out there <laughs> tell you that it's less work than dirt because it is not, <laughs> it's way more work than dirt. There's at least four to five hours sometimes of setting up the track. And wow. And that's, I didn't realize that. And that's with no help. So, you know, and I don't mind not having help, but to set up the track. So I would come in on Friday at like 11 o'clock or noon. And then try to have the track ready to go by four o'clock so that if, if some of the guys want to come and get some practice on it while family Friday off-road is going on, they can, but sometimes we just didn't have the time. But if I'm doing it by myself, I still need help moving a couple of the large jumps, but that part sucks. Like straight out sucks. Picking it up is better because everybody's, you know, before they leave, I get, I get help putting away. So it takes like, it takes like four something hours, you know, four to five hours to set it up. And then it takes like, 30 minutes to tear it all down. And, but then I have to stay and I have to vacuum so that the onward crowd, so that we can show the onward crowd that we're, you know, doing our best to not ruin their side of things. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, you, you, I know, I don't know what you like. Yeah, I, I, I could guess. I think you still like dirt better. Uh, Mike, your guess, opinion, thoughts. I'm going to go with dirt. I'll, I'll go with dirt. Why, why do you guys think that? I think you still would like dirt better because we have a place to race dirt on. <laughs> That's why. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Mike, why do you why do you think I would like dirt better? Well, you know what? Actually, he cleaned our clocks on carpet. Your, Don't forget that. I'm going to change my answer <laughs> and say carpet, just simply because it's like super high traction go kart style racing, and that's where Will came from. So I'm going carpet. Mm. Okay. Well, you're both right. Cause I don't care what we race on. That's I just like racing. I really don't care what we're, what we're racing or what we're racing on or the surface or anything. Um, I enjoy racing, you know, that's all I, I as long as we're racing something, that's what I care about and what I like. I had carpet figured out. I feel like yeah. I, I thought I had a pretty good run. Carpet's pretty rad <laughs> because if you change something on your car, it's going to, you can feel it. Like, you know what it did. Mm-hmm. Whereas on sometimes well, on dirt, car- if you don't have the right tire set up, you can change something and you won't, you won't really be able to tell because there was other problems going on. Yeah. Carpet is very set up and tire dependent. Yeah. Um, you can get a lot of speed out of having the correct setup versus just driving it different. It's like, it gets so locked in. It's like, you can't do anything with it on carpet if it's too too locked in you know it's like touring car right you could have a run where you don't hit a board nothing but if you don't have the right setup or you aren't carrying enough corner speed it isn't doesn't matter yeah you know it, it's like and i i with my car it was more like the old 12 scale days where you know i don't know if you guys see the video but it's like you make a corner and have your tires turn this much and it's that locked in where you're only using like 50 percent dual rate your car is on rails man but um 
like dirt, you know, you just run, I run a hundred all the time. I never yeah. turn it down or anything, but on carpet, I'd have to turn my dual rate down a little bit and even run a little bit of steering expo on my four wheel just to get it to the way I like it or drive the way I like it. But I, I like both. And I, I, I feel like I had a tire system figured out for both and me just being me. I feel like my stuff always worked fine. That's, that's the other thing too, that, critical. That, that I think, um, there's a little misconception there that if you go to carpet, that the tire game's not in play and that's not true at all. Oh God. Like not one it's bit. A, it's, it's all, it's, it's even, yeah, it's I think it's even more worse. But yeah. Yeah. That's like, there'll be times like, you know, on dirt that you can run slicks and your car's just on rails and you can't do anything wrong. But like on carpet, it's like nothing's better than a new set of tires. that has three minutes on them on black carpet. I yeah. feel like. Our first season running, running pin tires on black carpet and by week four, week three, somewhere in there. I mean, I was like lost for a little bit. And then I kind of started to figure out the tire thing because tires is very mm -hmm. important. If, if they're too far gone, then you're super slow. And if they're brand new, mm -hmm. then you just flip and traction roll everywhere. There's a, there's a definite sweet spot and you have to be prepared, especially in the main to put your, to have your car out there with those tires in that sweet spot, at least on our carpet and, and in modified, yeah. maybe it's different in stock, but, but in mod yeah. it's, it was that way. And that's what I don't, that's what I'm not going to yeah, miss I, about carpet dirt. You can get away with on our track. At least you can get away with a little bit of, of, of your tires not being totally perfect for regular club well, our, race days. Our, our dirt tracks always took old blown out tires. Yeah. That's what has always worked best on it. But like the sweet spot was brand new rears and fronts with like five minutes on them. Yeah. So if you had like a new set of fronts, you could run them in and then put new, new rear, rear tires on. That was really good. Yeah. I feel like that's a yeah, good. I'm like right down the middle. That's a good question. Because for mm -hmm. me, Four-wheel drive, I'd much rather drive on dirt because I like to be a little bit loose and squirrely. But two-wheel drive, mm -hmm. I'm absolutely so terrible at two-wheel drive that I need all of the traction and all of the help I can get. So I'd much rather race two-wheel drive on carpet. So if we're going carpet yeah. racing, I'm racing two-wheel drive. If we're going dirt racing, I'm racing four-wheel drive. Yeah, yeah, right. I can see that. But I definitely agree. I like them. I, I, there's a lot of people that would say, you know, say whatever, carpet's not real off-road or whatever. And it's definitely different than dirt. But it's still a very fun form of off-road for me, anyway. I yeah. enjoy both of them. I I really it's, like it's both of them too. It's just it's just uh I, when 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 one kind of ends gets towards the end of the season, I'm ready for the next. I'm ready for the other thing. Definitely, it, I I do feel like I got burned out on carpet faster. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it, it was yeah, just having to have new stuff and you know stuff rebuilt i mean i'd, I'd rebuild my diff every two runs you know Oof. like it was just not me yeah just <laughs> i don't get, think i rebuilt my, my diff all season well, <laughs> well yeah i mean it hey and it showed because i'd win by like laps yeah, i just like to remind everybody at this point of the show that alex is not an engineer attention hobbyplex podcast listeners this is a friendly reminder that host alex sturgeon is not an engineer Thank you. I did not rebuild my diff fluid at all from December through March. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's that. Hey, hold on a second. Hold on. Cause I'm, I've been holding this thing for, for like 56 minutes now. Hang on.
Oh, thank you. Hey, pass me a kickstart. Mike, have you ever listened to this show? I have actually. But what are you drinking? This is kickstart, man. This is what I'm going to go to my grave with. I'm I'm drinking a non-alcoholic White Claw. Um, it's just a fizzy water. I'm actually hoping uh, that from okay. I'm actually hoping that when I die, like like uh, my grandkids will like crack open kickstarts and pour one out for their homies. That's what I'm. That's what I'm looking forward to. If I ever have if I ever have grandkids, I want them to call me Papa Wheelie. <laughs> Papa Wheelie or something. I was giving Emerson crap. We took I I took Emerson to the skate park today, and uh, Emerson's uh he's so focused on getting something done a certain way. He was doing the same trick for the entire 45 minutes that we were there until he got it perfect. And he finally nailed it. He was doing the half pipe thing and he was doing the thing where he land. I don't even know what it's called, but he, he stalled out on it and then he dropped back in and then he'd pump and then he'd get back up there and he'd stall out and he'd, he kept, and he wanted to do that more than once and it took him a while, but he finally got it. But I was out there 50, and there's, 50 pop shove it. yeah, there's all these kids around. Right. And they're all, they all got like, you know, they're like 13 year olds with tattoos and stuff like that. And they're like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like sitting there. I'm like, do a burnout or something. You know, I yeah. thought it was funny. <laughs> He's like, shut up, dad. God. Yeah. Embarrass me. Yeah. I'll embarrass me. In front of I just totally dropped in. I'd have done it. I'd have broke my ass, but I'd have yeah. done it. Well, when he take, when we take his bike there, he's got a BMX bike. And when we take his bike there, I'll hop on it and, and roll around some bowls and stuff. But that's about as far as I yeah. go. I won't do anything beyond that. Which episode of the show did you listen to, Mike? Not the airplane one, but one or two before that one. Oh, okay. Okay. One of the first cool. ones. Yes. One of the, you have to of listen the to last, what, a, last week's show is probably re- one of the funniest we've ever done. I'm a real OG. Yeah, I, I listen so. to the OGs. You're like, they're too commercial now. Yeah, they're too commercial now. Yeah, yeah, yeah out. exactly. <laughs> sold out. Well, we do have a sponsor now. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's a lot of podcasts out there now. It's hard to keep up. And and I say it that really as is. I say that as one of the newer podcasts. Like for a while there it was a ripcast, and that was like all there was. And then I found out that there was um what's that one that that Tyler not Tyler Hooks? Um oh my goodness. See, now I'm gonna be on the spot and I don't remember what they are. The no name mm-hmm. podcast, the no name's one of them. Yeah. Um, and then there's Ran Out of Talent. Ran out of talent. That's Ran out of talent. Yeah, of course that one. Mm-hmm. I can't forget that one. Got Jr. Joe Zaire Jr. He's pretty active. He's got a he's got a um MMA one that he does now too. Yeah, it's called Cauliflower Ear. Yeah. Ouch. I've, yeah. I've never listened to it. Nor have I had one, obviously. <laughs> You've never, you've never got hit by an RC car really hard right in the ear and caused you to get caught. Not the ear. I got hit in the face twice in the, in the 40. Yeah. Uh, that's a good story. So, uh, Rockbrook, uh, down in, um, uh, Rockbrook here in Omaha used to be, uh, the, it was, it was a hobby town Rockbrook and it, it ran from like 87 to like 90, 91, somewhere in there. And, uh, towards the end of the run, they had a, they had a dirt oval. And, uh, they had a dirt oval with the off-road kind of mixed into it. And one year they had these white boards put up. They were almost two feet tall to keep the sprint cars in on this dirt oval. And I was corner marshalling, uh, volunteer marshalling. 
and a sprint car or something wrecked. And I went out to go get it and I tripped over this white board and landed right face first in the middle of the straightaway. And a sprint car came and just went kablam and hit me right in the face at full speed. And I was probably 12 years old, 11 years old. And then I was at the horizon shootout in like 2009 or 10. And they had this, this, uh, this elevation tabletop thingy. And I was corner marshaling an e-buggy race. And this was when, of course, when e-buggy was kind of new and I didn't hear it. And of course this guy missed his tabletop. And right as I turned, (laughs) I saw this eight scale coming at me and luckily it wasn't nose first. It was, it was nose high. And so the chassis just pancaked me right in the face. And it, I didn't know it was there. It was, was, qu- it was an eight scale electric e-buggy and it was quiet. Can we find this on live RC somewhere? No, that wasn't it. They didn't have that cool stuff back then. I wish. Oh, I wish they did. I wish yeah. they did. <laughs> but no, not then. It was a uh, man. Yeah. I've, I've been hit with so many RC cars. Oh my God. Will's like a magnet. It's hilarious. Yeah, I get hit by everything. Yeah, uh, every time that yeah. every time that it's his turn to, to marshal an e-truggy race, he's like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I I've been hit with cars so hard before. I just or like the guys aren't even trying. I'll just walk off. Like I like it isn't worth a, a leg leg break. I don't know. I mean, everybody crashes, but I think I feel like you should try. Not to crash. So Mike, be honest <laughs> during a race, be honest. Have you, have you ever like, like, I know it sucks to be paralyzed, but, but I, I, <laughs> that means you haven't corner marshaled since like 2007 or something, right? Like, no, no, that is not true. Let me tell oh, really? you a story. Okay. Go for it. Oh, yes. let me tell you a story. Okay. So right after I got hurt, we went to Chillicothe. Oh man. And do you remember down, old man down, downtown Chillicothe <laughs> Saturday night. So he was calling for me to turn marshal and everybody was telling him, Hey, oh, he Billy was marshal. He's in a wheelchair. Yeah. Oh my God. So he's going on wait, and on. X, as, wait, 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 wait. The X factory old man, Billy. No, 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 no. This is, this is no, Billy. No, no. Billy. Um, okay. Okay. Jesus, sorry. I forgot his last sorry. name. Okay, I just want to make sure the guy who owned North about. North uh, North Missouri RC Raceway in Chillicothe, Missouri. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. So he's calling for me to turn Marshall over and over, and then he won't unlock the scoring room door for anybody like to listen to anybody. So he says, "I'm going to dock you. I'm going to dock you." Blah 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 blah. So I find a shovel with like this. It's like bent up, and I sat on the outside of the track, but I could reach all the way to the corner with it. And so they started the race and they said, he said, is Mike Garrison out there announcing or uh, turn marshaling? And they all yelled, yep, he's there. <laughs> and sure enough, they started the race and I marshaled the race with a shovel and every single, every single lap, at least two cars crashed in that corner. And Ugh. I think I marshaled faster with a shovel in a wheelchair than I did walking. <laughs> or Dude, other people, like the ultimate, other um, people are slow sometimes yeah. too. They're like, Oh, there's a car there. Yep. Man. So yeah. I've, uh, I had to marshal that. And then the other one was, I don't remember what track we were at, but I was trying to watch and I couldn't see over the fence. So I sat, I went around to the front side of the fence, like kind of by a marshalling cone. And it just so happened everybody wrecked at that cone and nobody was there. So here I was wheeling around, grabbing cars and flipping oh, them back on the track. So brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good job. But no, I use that to my advantage. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Cause I'd be like, I'd, I'd just sit there and be like, laugh at people like, ha ha. 
somebody fell down. I also, I also know that I always have my spot on the driver's stand. And that's I know true. at some point I'm going to run into somebody that's going to say, I outqualified you and I'm taking the wheelchair spot, even though they don't need the wheelchair spot. But I haven't ran into that guy yet. So I wait to the very last minute to go up for my race because I know I've got a spot on the driver's stand. Yep. Yeah, actually, unless, uh, unless when, at Fastlane, there's Adam Wietrich is also in a wheelchair. That's right. And Adam and I have this, yes, him and I fight over, there's two spots, but depending on the track layout, one is always better than the other. So him and I will have like battle bot wars at the bottom of the ramp <laughs> to determine who gets the the good spot. I think I've told you this before, but obviously when we built the indoor hobbyplex uh, <laughs> from the ground up, we had to be compliant. Otherwise we would have never gotten our certificate or whatever, but we basically designed that driver stand pretty much thinking of you. I'm flattered. No, I'm serious. Cause I was like, Ken's like, well, how many, how many racers do we know that? Are? I'm like, Oh, totally. Mike Garrison's coming. <laughs> and so that, you know, that, that's why we put so much emphasis on that. We really did. And then, and then of course, um, you know, when we hold Nats and stuff, you never know, but, but that was, I mean, honestly, that's, that's a true story. Well, hands down, that is the most easy ramp to roll up and the most fun to come I was, down. I was going to say, you yeah, send it down that it. ramp. <laughs> Didn't how, you wipe out once? You... I, I could have swore you wiped no, out more once. more than once. More than oh, once. Oh, I've, I've wiped out a few <laughs> times there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No fault There's of the track one. whatsoever. It's all been driver error, but I've wiped out a few times. <laughs> There was one time where you were just hauling ass coming I, down so the, fast because you can ramp, hear it. And I, you can hear it I, from. Yeah, it's like it's yeah, it's like a uh, it rumbles. A, it makes uh, a rumble. What's the? Yeah, it's like a, a swarm of killer bees, right? <laughs> and it, it <laughs> like coming down the coming down the driver's stand. And there's one time that I near nearly I came so close to catching you. I felt so bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you were like right there. I was like, no. Yeah, then you fell. Uh, real quick, how long have you been married? Why would you ask me that? Because you three, need to give a shout out to your wife. It, it's important. Uh, three and a half years feels like 52. How long have you guys been together, though? Because like my wife and I, this will be seven. We've, we just passed 17 years, but we've been together since 2000. Okay, so um, the story is Brittany, my wife, who is the... She decided for whatever dumb reason that she wanted to be the Rural Region 8 director. Yeah. Um, but she is very heavily involved in RC now, which is extremely cool. Yeah. But we met because she was dating. I knew her brother and she was dating a friend in the group and they broke up and I swooped in. Nice. So we were nice. dating nice. for, let's see, we started dating in 2015. And we were dating for, I think, 82 days, she told me. And I proposed to her. And then we got married. Nice. And it's all downhill like from there. my wife and I. Yeah. But you guys, uh, yeah. I, I remember you doing the 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 razor, the razor things. What are those things called? Yes. That the side-by-sides. Side. Side-by-sides. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. uh, she was in there with you. Yes. She was always my copa. And she was also my mechanic because her whole family are like, very mechanical and car mechanics and auto body people and all that. So, because obviously like I can't really do a lot of that stuff. She would jump right in there and she does it all. Yeah. And now ironically, she builds all of our car kits. Oh, RC car kits. Awesome. Nice. She loves doing that. And I hate doing that. And real quick, cause we're going to, we're starting to run out of time, but um, she was also involved in boom RC too, right? 
Didn't she print stuff oh, yes. and all that for you? Yes, absolutely. So she did a lot of the design work. Um, a lot of the, the print stuff, a lot of emails and things like that. Yeah. And so kind of when all this came about originally, when kind of this all started or whatever, she actually now works elsewhere for like a steel building manufacturer. Mm. And she's very happy doing that. And she's happy to be away from RC for a very short time until she comes home and right. sees me again. Okay. We're a little over. It was nice to have you on because I've been wanting to have you on ever since I thought about people to have on. I'm like, well, who can we have on here? It was nice to get the lowdown on, on everything going on with boom RC now and uh, how much more stuff you're going to be able to do. So that's pretty awesome. So. Well, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on and let's, uh, let's do it again soon. How do people get a hold of you? Uh, Okay. So the best way is you can either email info at boomrc.net or you can also email me at Mike G at cke which is a little bit harder to remember. So, yeah. Uh, or you can just go to boomrc.net. Um, and do that the, takes you to the website. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Instagram, Facebook. Go yeah. From there. Yeah. You're on Instagram. You're pretty, you're pretty, and, and Facebook. You're pretty, um, active on there. Cool. Well, I'm sure I'm going to, uh, I'm sure we're going to go and, uh, I'm going to go, Oh man, I forgot to ask him about that or this or whatever, but, uh, but it was great having you on. I appreciate you finally allowing me the time to steal you away for about an hour or so. So, Hey, you bet. We'll do it again soon. So uh, with that, Will, what do you got going on? Did you sign up for online racing? Yeah, you bet your sweet ass I did. All right. So we're going to see Will Saturday. You're going to see me (laughs) uh, hopefully with the What's New Wednesday on Wednesday if we get some new stuff. And you'll see me on Hobbyplex After Hours live stream uh, 9 p.m. Thursday nights. We got to mention our sponsor one more time. Uh, So once again, before we go, please remember always that uh, Pivot Lending Group is our title sponsor. PivotLending.com. Aiden Olson's dad. Aiden Olson's dad. Yep. $500 lender credit, 0.125 off your rate. You get to choose if you mention the Hobbyplex show. I would personally go for the lower rate. Yeah, me too. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) Catch you on the flip-flop. There you go. (laughs) 